0: I'm humbled and amazed at Dora, at Tammy, for all of you who are bilingual. I can barely speak English good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> well, that too. And at least I want to thank you for the work um, you put into getting the languages. The computer didn't recognize a lot of the fonts in Dora's reading, so I guess it took quite a, longer than I expected. Okay. But thank you all. It, that wasn't some, something just for show, I not a gimmick. We decided to do this, this this morning to demonstrate how no matter how different we are, we are united by the power of the Holy Spirit. I'm going to move this out of my way. As you notice, many of us are wearing red, many of you got the notice. So red is the the color of Pentecost, symbolizing the joy that we have as Christians and the fire of the Holy Spirit that that, that burns within us. I I love it. I only have a red tie. Red red does not look too good on me. On June eighteenth, 1983, it was a very significant day in history. That was the first day that an American female astronaut went into space on the space shuttle Challenger. I remember that day very well. Not because I know Sally Ride, not because I'm into NASA or astronauts, but that's the day that I got married. June 18, 1983. I married my wife that day. I met it, my wife, about four years before that in college. When it first met me, it thought I was obnoxious. But it had a mutual friend with me, and mutual friend told it, he, "You need to get to know Jody. He's not that bad." So it, it listened. My wife listened to the friend and got to know me, and eventually I, I asked it to marry me. And it said yes, surprisingly. It has been a loving companion for 39 years, it has helped raise or mostly raised, seven of our kids, and my daughter Sarah, who's has often said, don't worry, Mom, you'll never have an empty nest, and she looks at me. Um, it has been a loving encouragement. It has seen us through a lot. Now, I bet a lot of you are thinking it's in the cringing with me referring to my wife as an it. My daughter said she's going to record this and use this as evidence that my death would be justifiable homicide. My wife is not an it. She is a she. She is a sentient, loving being who is alive. Too often people refer to the Holy Spirit as an it, not as a he. I never really thought about that. How have I referred to the Holy Spirit? I I can't tell you. I know how I will refer to him going forward. He is a he. He is a personal being, not an an, an an inanimate Impersonal force or power. He, like the Father and the Son, love the elect. Unfortunately, for some reason, we have a difficult time not seeing the Holy Spirit as some impersonal force that God sends out on his behalf. But the Holy Spirit is co equal with the Father and the Son, equal in power and authority. I think that St. Augustine describes the Trinity of the best, the most succinct way. The Father is God. The Son is God, the Holy Spirit is God. The Father is not the Son, the Son is not the Spirit, the Spirit is not the Father. There is one God. It's hard to wrap my my finite mind around that. An inanimate force or power has no feelings. Electricity doesn't care if the light is on or off you will never tell your kids, hey, you left the light on too long, or hey, turn the light off when you leave the room. Water, flowing water, doesn't care if the water is on all day long or the shower is running too long. No, there, there are personal feeling beings called dads who get really upset over that. <laughs> I walked to my house one day, one night, years ago, when all five, seven kids were home. Every light on the first floor was on. That's eight lights. Upstairs, there's two more lights on and empty rooms. Every room was empty. The force is still there. The kids were scattered. When we look at the ancient creeds, such as the Nicene Creed and the Apostles' Creed, we read, I believe in the Holy Spirit who proceeds from the Father and the Son. This does not imply the Holy Holy Spirit is subservient to the Father or the Son. It's just the way we have to present it. The Holy Spirit is co-equal. The Father and Son in all things. Okay. But who, not what, is the Holy Spirit? The Holy Spirit was at creation. Genesis 1, verse 2, it says, The earth was without form and void, and darkness was over the face of the earth, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. The Holy Spirit spoke through and to the prophets. He revealed himself throughout the Old Testament. Jesus called the Holy Spirit a paracletus, which means comforter or counselor. The ESV translation uses the word helper. It is a word Greeks used for someone who is a defense attorney. You'd have him on a retainer. He'd stand by your side advocating and arguing on your behalf. When you read John 14, 16, and 17, Jesus says, I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper to be with you forever. Even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor nor knows him, you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. Jesus calls the the Holy Spirit another helper, not just a helper, another helper. But who's the first helper? Jesus was the first helper. Jesus is one who justified us by his death on the cross. The the helper is another helper who will be just like him to help counsel and comfort the church. Jesus is beside us and within us through the Holy Spirit. The main purpose of the Holy Spirit, as we read, is to bear witness and glorify Christ. That's the Spirit's job, to turn and glorify and witness to Jesus. In John 15, 26, we read, but when the Helper comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth, who proceeds from the Father, he will bear witness about me. It is a Holy Spirit that leads us to salvation. It is by the Holy Spirit that our spirit is quickened to respond to the call of salvation. It is through the Holy Spirit that we are able to proclaim Jesus is Lord. In 1 Corinthians we read, no one can say Jesus is Lord except in the Holy Ghost. So it is by the power of the Holy Spirit that we know that Jesus is Lord. Our very salvation is not something that we decided upon to initiate on our own. It is because the Holy Spirit prompted our spirit and we the gospel to us. Sure, people can utter the words, Jesus is Lord, but no one can profess to agree to know in their heart Jesus is Lord unless the Holy Spirit has put that thought into your being. After we've been saved, after the Holy Spirit regenerates us, we begin the process of sanctification. This process of sanctification is done by the power of the Holy Spirit. 1 Corinthians 6.11 says, And such were some of you, but you were washed, you were sanctified, you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of God. It is he who produces fruits in us. It's not our fruit, it's his fruit. And what are the fruits of the Spirit? Galatians 5.22, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with his passions and desires. Gentleness. Love, that's not who I am. I can think of myself as a child. Oh, I was a nasty kid. Joy, peace. A lot of angst in my life on my own patience. My wife will tell you I'm a very impatient person. My kids will tell you the same thing. Kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, that is not who I am. That's a spirit working in me. As we mature in our self-control, we will begin to bear fruits of righteousness. Any farmer will tell you a plant takes a while to bear fruit but be patient, and the Holy Spirit will bear fruit in you. Fruit takes time to manifest. Some, produce, some fruits are produced early. Right now, strawberry season is beginning. I saw someone post a picture of a flat full of strawberries. <laughs> I can't wait. But apple season comes in the fall. That's another one of my favorite seasons. The Macau apples, nothing better. But in between strawberries and apples, there's a whole lot of fruits and vegetables that are manifest. Ask any farmer or backyard gardener how much work goes into producing fruit. For your older people, it's not a Ron Poe Peel set it and forget it moment. It's a process. A lot of work goes into bearing fruit. But the reward is worth it. The Holy Spirit gives us the power to love and for self-control. For this reason, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God, which is in you through the laying out of my hands. For God gave us a spirit, not of fear, but of power and love and self-control. Too often people stop. Oh, he's given us a power, the spirit of power. But power for what? For love and self-control. Power is not for us. My love does nothing for me. My self-control is more beneficial to others. By my self-control, there's more ice cream left in the half gallon when my wife and daughter go to get it. The Holy Spirit is not just for our own benefit. The Holy Spirit has been given to us in order to bring glory to God the Father and Jesus the Son. The Holy Spirit, again, bears witness to Jesus through us. The Spirit gives us power not to wield over other people, but a power to love other people. A power to serve people that we may not necessarily like or get along with. The power that we have to love others is not a self-generated power. It is a power given to us by the Holy Spirit. By his power, we can love in the same way that Christ loves us. We often think of the golden rule, do unto others, or even more, love your neighbor as yourself, or even love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. But Jesus, in his final prayer, takes it one step further. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. And how has Christ loved us? Think about that today. And that's how we're to love others. We're to love one another the way Christ loved us. And that is only possible because we have the Holy Spirit dwelling within us. The power that the Holy Spirit gives us is also a power of self-control. Those of us who lack self-control, even when it comes to ice cream, have no excuse, but we have the Holy Spirit within us. I can usually tell, I can usually tell when I'm in a spiritually bad place. Usually it's when I'm driving in my car with the windows open, or with the windows shut, and those other idiot drivers. Sometimes I'm I'm pretty. Right back, go right ahead. You must be in a bigger hurry. That's why I know I'm doing well spiritually. There are days I know, yeah, I'm not too close to God because things, my reaction behind that steering wheel, is nothing that I can boast on. The lack of, lack of self-control was really Adam's original sin. He had one thing not to do, and he did it. Actually, we look at all ten commandments. They come down to self-control, which I guess you could say that that all sin is caused by a lack of self-control. But we have the Holy Spirit who gives us the power to control our urges. There's a movement within Christendom that focuses on some of the gifts of the Spirit, just a few of the gifts, but but not the fruit. Gifts are easier to get. It's like people go to see an Oprah show. At the end of the show, you get an iPhone and you get an iPhone just for showing up. You get the gifts. They have no, they've done nothing. I don't mean to downplay the gifts. They're, they're wonderful. The Holy Spirit, though, is give, gives us the gifts not for our benefit but to help others. But I think too often many of us lose sight of the giver and focus on the gifts. Think of the old Dick Van Dyke show. Dick Van Dyke would come home at night, and the little kid Richard "Dad, what'd you bring me? What present did you bring me?" Not, "Hi, Dad. I'm glad you're home. How was your day? What'd you get me?" I think we're all guilty of that on one level. But for some reason, some of these churches think they've cornered the market on the gifts of the Holy Spirit. The gifts are given to every believer, but different gifts are given to different believers. The word gift in Greek is charisma. From that word, we get the word, from that we get the word charismatic. So in essence, since every believer has been given, been given gifts of the Holy Spirit, I guess you could say CPC is a charismatic church. And since all churches where the gospel is proclaimed has the Holy Spirit is given a Pentecost, we're also a Pentecostal church. So when someone says, I go to a charismatic church, you can say, I do too. Oh, you speak in tongues no but we serve we proclaim the gospel we love what fruit do you have again the fruit of our of the spirit is not for ourselves either it can't help but benefit others when you show the fruit of the spirit love joy peace patience kindness goodness faithfulness gentleness and self-control others can't help but see it and when they ask you what's so different about you you have the Holy Spirit dwelling within you to help give an account of the hope that is within you. The Holy Spirit gives you the hope. The Holy Spirit will speak of the hope. So we see the Holy Spirit is involved in our salvation and in our sanctification. He's always guiding us and encouraging us, showing us what to say. Jesus said, when, when, when they bring you before the synagogues and the rulers and the authorities... Do not be anxious about how you should defend yourself or what you should say. The Holy Spirit will speak for you. The Holy Spirit will give you the defense. Jesus also said, These things I have spoken to you while I'm still with you, but the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. Again, Jesus said, When the Spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will declare to you the things that are to come. And James James writes, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God, who gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given to him. Again, many people take the first part of that passage away, ask God, I'll give it to you. No, if you lack wisdom, ask God, and he will give it to you. Another great thing that the Holy Spirit does for us is he prays for us. Have you ever had a friend friend pray for you? I mean, really pray for you? Come up, put his arm around you, lay hands on you and pray. The peace that falls over you when someone is interceding on your behalf is so intense. There's nothing more encouraging. Actually, there is. To know that the Holy Spirit is always interceding for you. Have you ever been in a situation where you don't know how to pray? You're so overwhelmed by the worries of this world, by the frustrations, by the cares. You just sit and stare blankly in the distance. Or maybe you're too embarrassed to ask for prayer. Don't worry, the Spirit of God is there praying for you. Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. For we do not know what to pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And he who searches hearts knows what is the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. When others pray for you, as well-meaning as they are, their prayers are limited to to what they know and the, the desired outcome they want to see more often than not. But the Holy Spirit's prayers are unlimited because he prays according to the will of God. I would love to be able to always pray according to the will of God. This is not to say you shouldn't ask others to pray for you, but find comfort in the fact that the Holy Spirit is always interceding for you, no matter how bleak, how frustrating, how irritating, how aggravating life can be at the moment. The person of the Holy Spirit is interceding for you. He also wants you to live a godly life. 1 Corinthians 10 13, no, no temptations overcome you that is not common to man. God is faithful, and He will not let you be tempted beyond our, your ability. But with the temptation, He will also provide the way of escape that you may be able to endure it. Sometimes we just need a subtle reminder. Sometimes it takes a little more than subtlety. There's a great movie, Lisa appreciates I know, called Three Amigos. If anyone has seen the movie, you'll know the scene where they're trying to break out. You know, they're trying to get into the studio to get their costumes. And Steve Martin's character is up on the, lo- uh, up on the wall, giving the clue that he's ready for them to come up. Whew. I can't whistle this morning. Nothing. <whistles> up here! Up here! Up here! Up here! Whip, will, up here! Up here! Ho! What? What? Up here! Hey, guys! Get! Sometimes we don't get the subtleties. Sometimes the Holy Spirit will hit us by the side of the head with a two way to keep us out of temptation. But take it someone a few years under His belt that the subtle reminders are easier to. To deal with them when the consequences get too big in the lord's prayer jesus teaches us to pray lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil it is the holy spirit who will work in us to flee temptation we just need to be alert as peter wrote in first peter 5 verses uh, verse eight be sober-minded watchful Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a lion, lion, seeking someone to devour. We are in a spiritual war, and it's the Holy Spirit that will strengthen and protect us. For we do not wrestle with flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Since it's a spiritual warfare, we must fight the evil one with the power of the Holy Spirit who dwells within us. Greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. And since we have the Holy Spirit within us, we are on the side of victory. Sure, we may lose a few battles, a few skirmishes, but the battle, the war belongs to the Lord. And we know that we will be be sustained to the end. Scripture tells us that our salvation is sealed the word seal doesn't mean much anymore to us. We go to store, we buy a package, you break the seal and eat the food. But the seal of the Holy Spirit is permanent and unbreakable. Looks like a king's seal. If you sealed a, a statement, that statement was good as gold. It, it could not be undone. Ephesians 4.30, And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. 2 Corinthians 1.22, Paul writes, And who has also put his seal on us and given us, given us his spirit in our hearts as a guarantee? He who has prepared us for this very thing is God, who has given us the spirit as a guarantee. Not only we're we sealed, but it's a guarantee. There are no guarantees in this world. You buy a product that has a warranty, but no guarantee but our salvation is guaranteed not because we're going to give it the old college try because the spirit spirit who saved us the spirit will retain us no matter how far we stray the spirit will continue to call us back we cannot outrun the grasp of god in him we have obtained an inheritance having been predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will, so that we who are the first to hope in Christ might be to the praise of his glory. In him, you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, who believed in him, were sealed with the promise of the Holy Spirit, who is a guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it, to the praise of his glory. We are sealed and guaranteed for God's glory, not ours, for God's. Our salvation is sealed and guaranteed by the blood of Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit who dwells within those of us who believe. This is not because of our own determination or our strength, but because the work of God in our own lives. The Holy Spirit also brings unity amongst believers. We often say about CPC that our diversity celebrates our unity. We you look around, we're an odd group of mis- mismatched socks, that somehow found our way to join one another in worshiping the one true God. Peter says we are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. Once you've not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. As we heard Dora and Tammy read the scripture this morning in their native tongue, we can hear how different we are. I'm sure that people in this congregation have other languages in their, in their past or near past, or maybe you, you have another language that's native to you. But whether we're old, not as old as others think, young... Male, female, Republican, Democrat, white, br- black, brown, we speak Twi, Spanish, English, or other languages, but we are one body sealed by the same one spirit for the purpose of glorifying the one triune God. On the day of Pentecost, the floodgates of heaven were opened and God united all his people. Babylon people were They were scattered, many tongues. Pentecost, God brought the people back together. And he declared there's no difference. In Acts 2, 17 through 18, if you didn't catch it when Tammy read it, in the last days it shall be God, it shall be, God declares, I'll pour out my spirit on all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams, even on my male servants and female servants. In those days, I will pour out my spirit, and they shall prophesy. All people, sons and daughters, young men and old men, male servants, female servants, they all receive the same spirit for God's glory. The day of Pentecost was the beginning of the last days. The prophecy of Joel was fulfilled. Friends, I don't care what station in life you're in. I don't care, care about your race, your ethnic background, whether you're rich or poor. But we are all one in Christ through the power of the Holy Spirit. Therefore, let us live out our calling, as Jesus said, this is my commandment that you love one another as I have loved you. Amen. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you. We thank you for the seal and the guarantee of your spirit that you will never let us go. On the day of Pentecost, you united your people from all nations. You continue to work in your people, bearing fruit and giving gifts. Father, we thank you for the Holy Spirit that dwells within us. and Help us to, to hear the urgings of the Holy Spirit, to seek you, to honor you, and to glorify you.